This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This is Why You're Single Podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Spera. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is Avoiding Avoiding Clingers. This topic was suggested to us by our listener, London. Thank you, London. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news. Can a woman's face shape tell you how horny she is? I don't know yet. And a study tries to find out whether or not dating app algorithms can actually predict who you'll be a good match with. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, Angela, what is going on with your week? Oh, you know, nothing much. Just breaking down the stigma of butt health. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. We've been breaking lots of taboo topics here. Yes, with, uh, single-handedly. I got my vagina massaged in pelvic therapy. You did. That was a great story. Yes. Uh, what other taboos have we talked about recently? Um, bidets. Bidets. Just general cleaning your butt. Yeah. Um, All right. But anyways, (laughs) what's going on with your tush? Okay. So guys, I got a colonoscopy. Because you're 60, over 50. (laughs) You're 65 years old. Literally the anesthesiologist came out and he was like an old Russian man with like a hairy chest. Like his hair was like coming out of his scrubs and he was like, you are too young for colonoscopy. (laughs) And I was like, thank you. And then he looked at my chart and he was like, Oh, you're 29. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. <laughs> it's okay. When I went to a urologist for having all my UTI ishes, mm-hmm. it was me and like people over 70. Yeah. It's, there's something comforting about it, I guess. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Uh, so anyways, but, why did you have to get your colonoscopy for people that well, don't know? And let's explain exactly what that is for people that don't know. If I'm being entirely candid, I don't quite know what they did up there. You know, they took a biopsy mm-hmm. of some stuff. Basically, I've always had some stomach issues. So a lot of times people get those to test for colon cancer. Right. Which does, I only found out after I scheduled my colonoscopy that I've had family members that had colon cancer. Oh, scary. So I know. So, but, you know, spoiler, everything looks okay. But that's not the fun part of the story. The fun part is what happened before that. Yeah. Um, you had to get one because you've been having a lot of tummy aches and issues. Right. If you guys are avid listeners of our podcast, you remember a few episodes ago, I talked about our big two-year anniversary of our <laughs> podcast <laughs> network that Angela was vomiting exorcist-style yes. chicken tacos All right. out of her mouth. For some reason, I don't mind when you bring up that story, but then once you get to the chicken tacos part, I'm just embarrassed. Yeah, you got really drunk, but like you, most people when they're drunk, they might throw up, but you were like exorcist vomiting. And Ian told me, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but Ian told me that it was after that party where he like had to take care of you all night. That was like the breaking point where he was like, you need to get a colonoscopy and find out what is up with your tum-tum. Right. Yeah. It was like a relationship breaking issue. My whole issue. body is just like a mess. Is that true? Was it like after that night? No, I mean, he he's always, he's very, see, I don't, I'm like afraid of the doctor. I'm scared to go to the doctor. It's like a thing, but he goes to the doctor all the time for every little ailment. So I get no sympathy from him when I don't feel good because he's like, go to the doctor. 
yeah, he has, he has like his sleep specialist. Yes, right. but I don't even know. Yeah, what else. he gets acupuncture done. He does it all. So do I. He gets the works. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so I I scheduled my thing, and first of all, I love my doctor. I go to a doctor that it's like a women's health clinic. It's all female doctors. Um, and she was like, she's also Russian, and she was like, it will not feel like a colonoscopy. We are all women. It will feel like a spa. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, doubtful, but I appreciate. The thought. I mean, the only difference is at spas, you don't get put under anesthesia. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which maybe you should. It might be more relaxing. <laughs> True. Um, but so I decided to really make a day of it. And my mom and I got a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually the most fun I've had in a long time. Diarying in a hotel room was the most <laughs> fun you've had? Into, well, there's like prep involved for a colonoscopy. We don't have to get into it. This is, after all, a dating podcast, not a poopy podcast. Yeah. But... We got a hotel room. We hung out. We watched The Little Couple on TLC. Wonderful. And then I introduced my mom to Catfish. We watched a lot of really bad television, and it was really healing for my soul. What made you decide to do the colonoscopy poopy prep with your mom <laughs> instead of Ian? Because, you know, well, like we talk a lot about, like, you know, what you want to be open health wise with your significant other, but at what point do you like? you know, not really let them be around the gross stuff. It wasn't so much a choice of not letting Ian be around the gross stuff because he is a very nurturing person. Like I think he would have been a good person to have around. When and you were pooping your brains out before your when colonoscopy? When I was feeling ill. Okay. Um, <laughs> but he had work on Friday. Friday was like my prep. Or no, Thursday was my prep day and then Friday was the procedure. So he had work. So he was kind of like, um, I'll hang out with you but if your mom can come that's probably better <laughs> so and then he like he went to Rosh Hashanah dinner that night and he was like maybe I'll stop by after and he didn't get to because it was kind of late and I was kind of like I, I don't know I was getting emotional I was were like, you you know what I mean right when I'm being gross <laughs> 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 which perhaps is understandable so wait you were kind of were you disappointed in how Ian dealt with your Poop party? Uh, poop party <laughs> prep before your colonoscopy? Um, I, I was very sensitive. Mm -hmm. So, yes. You don't want to <laughs> be around me when I'm being gross. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then, like, I also, I was very freaked out by having to go under, like, under anesthesia. And I was like, what if, like, I'm under and she trips and she impales me and I die? And, like... <laughs> It's and it's so weird. Like when you're out, like you don't even you're like, I'm awake. Well, I'm totally awake. And then you're not. So yeah. like if I had died, I wouldn't have even been able to compose my final thoughts. I would have <laughs> just been like thinking about nothing. Like stupid shit. So that would have been tragic. Um, but yeah, I was just texting Ian, like, I have to go under. It's like sir, I'm having major surgery. And he's like, It's not major surgery. It's not even minor surgery. It's not surgery. Um uh, so anyway, I just wasn't getting the sympathy that I wanted. Um, on a scale of fine. one to ten, was how well where was I in terms of like being a good friend? Well, Laura, on the other hand, I didn't even do that much. I didn't like send you flowers, but it was very kind what you did do. Laura offered. She texted Ian and asked if she could send food to my apartment while I was recovering. And then she was in Long Island, so I didn't even have to do it. Yeah. So like it was like really the so thought it's truly that counts. The thought counting, yeah. Yeah. All right. So Laura was definitely a better boyfriend during my oh, ordeal. Pat on the back for me. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. I'm um, glad you're okay. 
thank you. I am okay, guys. No worries. I am okay. And anesthesia is super fun. Yeah, so we'll figure out what's going on with your tongue. Maybe cut out dairy. We got to figure <laughs> out the next steps. But and I like, am in this journey with you. Thank you. Thank you, bud. Yeah. Um, so in less gross news, what are you up to? Okay, so you were recovering from your major surgery. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so you didn't make it to our birthday, but Nick and I did a joint birthday party, which we have not thrown a joint birthday party since Nick turned 30. And we threw like this big party and I blacked out at that party. <laughs> it, we threw it at a Mexican restaurant. We had the, the owner got us like aerialists on the ceiling. I hired some performers from the subway to perform Wait, this wasn't the same restaurant that i got sick at was it uh it was oh my god On, i mean they have very strong margaritas clearly so but i drank like 10 like like i was just like in it to party but i was so upset because i like didn't remember most of the party like i remember like right. dancing eating drinking margaritas i had put so much effort into like planning this party i was right, told it was unwind i was told it was like the most fun party ever and i don't remember any of it but so, that was a couple years ago right right so now when we were throwing this joint birthday i was like i'm gonna remember it it's gonna be fun we were just throwing like a big barbecue on our rooftop had a great time i remember every moment of it but one of our friends our mutual friends who is single because i had a lot of my single girlfriends coming and they were like yes. are there gonna be any like single guys there i was like there will and your friends are super hot they, I do, I have, yes, I have some very beautiful friends. They showed up in little booty shorts. <laughs> it was a hot day. God love them. It was a hot day. If I, yes, like they looked amazing. Little Daisy Dukes, mm -hmm. Daisy Dukes, rompers, whatever. So this whole like, you know, power group of like my six New York hottie friends like show up and I'm like looking around the room like, waiting for my like single guy friends to like make a move and I spot one of our mutual friends Scott who directed one of our sketch yes. shows so I see him and I'm like like I didn't want to like I was just having fun at my party so I wasn't gonna like you know match make yes exactly but and I was like waiting for him to make a move and I was like all right that is on him if he's not gonna because like these girls are gonna want a guy to approach them but they're so intimidating they're they, not only are they super model hot but they're in a large pack yeah and as we say in our book traveling in packs is a problem because you are super intimidating right so maybe that was the issue but anyway so they left after like a couple hours Scott hung around the whole party and towards the end of the party I came up to him and I'm like hey so like What's up? Like, did you meet any of my friends? Like, why don't you like talk to any of my single friends? You're single. He's like, well, I thought I was, I thought I, uh, I was trying to be like smooth. So I took <laughs> over the, the, the grill duties on the grill, flipping the hamburgers. Uh -huh. I assume that would be a, a good, a good in to be the, the hamburger flipper. They'd have to come order from me. <laughs> Unfortunately, only one of them ordered ordered anything to eat so his plan failed but i thought what a smart idea and like other guy i thought i wanted to tell yeah, a story ha had your friends been people who eat food yeah <laughs> that would have been a great idea it would have been a great idea if my friends ate food but uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry scott <laughs> but surprise i wanted to tell this story for anybody like listening to the podcast i think this is such a smart idea if you're at a party that happens to be a barbecue you should 100% offer to take over the grilling dues duties because I think 99% of the time my friends being the 1% this is a great way yes. to meet 
people at the party and women if you are the burger flipper at the barbecue. Right. If you're the master griller. Yeah. It was a good idea. Scott's Scott's plan and intentions were superb. It's I feel really bad that uh right. that uh it backfired. It you, backfired. Only one of my friends ate a burger and the one friend that did happens to have a boyfriend. So Oh man. Yeah. And all the others are single. I was like, oh man, if only the others ate Next time, just Food. just tell them not to eat for a couple days. Yeah, I know. I think they had maybe gone to brunch before. Uh, They're brunch. not. Yeah, uh, you know, brunch is such a relationship killer, apparently. Uh, but anyways, that's what I've been up to. Uh, sorry, you missed out on all the fun. It's okay. I was home eating Ritz crackers. Fabulous. All right, you ready to talk about what's in the news? <laughs> yes. What have you been reading about in the news? So I was reading The Telegraph, a British publication. They did a story about What Does Your Face Say About You by Richard Jones. What does your face say about you? Well, I'll tell you. So the study was from the Nipsing University in Ontario. Um, and it said you can predict which people you meet are more likely to have a robust sex drive based on their face. Um, sorry. They found that people with wide faces have higher sex drives. My face is not very wide. I'm trying to think of an example of a person with like a wide face. Can you think of anybody in pop culture who is like admitted to being like a sex addict? (laughs) And if they have a wide Charlie Charlie Sheen. Sheen? Whoa. Whoa. You know you have a problem, (laughs) Charlie Sheen. (laughs) When you're the poster of sex addiction, yeah, I guess wide face on Charlie Sheen. The theory there, with men at least, is that men with wide faces have Higher levels of testosterone. Interesting. So they're more likely to consider cheating on their partners or have promiscuous ideals. Tiger Woods, his face is like normal face. Um, I would call him more like chiseled. Like I wouldn't call him a wide face. And he was a sex addict. But this isn't like every sex addict's got a wide right, face. Right. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's a little more likely. A little more. They, they had other facial um, what about for oval things face? They found. Well, I didn't have anything for oval, but for long face, I kind of have a long face. I mean, I have a big forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you have a long forehead. I have a long forehead. Well, a long face is actually good because it means higher intelligence. That this brain takes up a lot of room. You need to fit all that brain in your head. Yeah. Um, big noses, which I have, are ambitious. Well, look at you, Miss Thing. They didn't really explain why, but I'll just take their word for it. All right. And curved eyebrows show kindness. Oh. I don't have, I don't think either of us have <laughs> curved eyebrows. That's so why we're assholes. We're big bitches. But if you do, congrats. Congrats. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. I don't know how much to put into this study, but uh, it, I'll keep an eye out and see if I, if this syncs up with any people that I know. Yeah. And then have sex with them because- Apparently, they're really horny if they have a wide face. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's that's it. That's it for this story. Okay, want to know what I've been reading about? <laughs> yes. I've been reading The Science of Us, which I love, from New York Magazine. This is written by Deanna Pye. The headline was, here's a study to make you feel better about all your bad Tinder dates. Now, oh, good. I don't know if this study actually would make me feel better about any like long ago past dates, but... According to new research, a new study in the Journal of Psychological Science concluded that even the most sophisticated dating app algorithms are effectively useless when it comes to accurately predicting a romantic match. 
So womp, essentially, womp. womp womp. So basically, if you've been having a lot of bad dates, you shouldn't really feel so bad that it's you. It's more so that like the dating apps are not necessarily good at telling you who you're going to match with. So here's what they did for the study. Participants answered more than 100 questions about their personality traits and preferences in a partner. And then they did like a real life mingle with participants of the opposite sex in a series of four minute speed dates. The subjects then graded each interaction after it happened, noting both their level of interest and their sexual attraction to the person that they met. Meanwhile, the authors had done like the like some algorithms similar to what mm-hmm. dating apps use to predict what they thought the outcomes of each pairing were going to be based on the questions, and they failed miserably to protect to predict who people were actually going to like have the hots for. So this is really interesting because it kind of shows that Tinder has the right idea because Tinder doesn't use an algorithm, right? It's just kind of like a bunch of faces thrown at you. And yeah, that's true. You're choosing based solely on appearance, not on like things that you think you would like yeah. personality wise. Yeah, that's true. So I guess in that sense, their headline is very misleading. But uh, <laughs> what the what they were good at predicting was likability, but attraction, not so much. Because... Hmm. This is what they said. The compatibility questions on certain dating platforms still serve a purpose. In the study, the traits included the participants' relationship goals, like whether they wanted like long-term versus short-term, their self-esteem, whether they were extroverts, their political views, and things like that, like intelligence, earning potential, all that kind of stuff. So if you were really looking for certain things, like you're like, I don't want to date a Republican, and like I obviously only want to date people that are want like a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. in that sense the algorithms are good as serving as a filter but that's pretty much it so they'll send you to the ocean but will ultimately give no other leads on your fish is what what the article concludes (laughs) all right so i guess if you're looking for something like super hyper specific then maybe the dating apps with more intense algorithms are for you yeah but you kind of want to use them like with a grain of salt because you don't want to have them like filter out people that you might actually have a lot of attraction with. So it's almost like you want to use these filters only for absolute must. Like Mm -hmm. if you a hundred percent in no circumstance want to date somebody with kids, then like you might want to use some kind of like filter to filter out like kids, which I think, can't you do things like that on Tinder? Like you can filter out certain things early or is it, or is it just age now? I think I haven't been on in a while. I know on OkCupid you can. Yeah. So I would use this to filter out like absolute mess. If you're like 100% I don't want to date a Republican with kids, then it's good for that. But like, you know, if you put too much in the algorithm, it's really not that good at telling you who you're going to match with. Right. So So just like in real life, you just got to kind of go with your instincts. Exactly. Go with your gut. Exactly. All right. We are about to jump into our mailbox to answer some of your listener questions. But first, let's take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors. All right, we're about to jump into the mailbox. But first, Angela, I want to talk a little bit about promoting our podcast. <laughs> okay, let's have a marketing meeting on this podcast right now. No, here, here's really what I want to talk about. We're trying to grow our podcast because we really want to keep doing it. And the only way we can keep doing it, we've been told, is if we grow our podcast. We can't stay the same. People don't stay the same in podcasts. You got to grow. So we 
we have a couple questions for you guys. And we were hoping you would like email us because we want your feedback. You're our listeners. We do this podcast for you guys. We read every email you send us. We read every tweet. If they're nice, we will retweet them. So we want to know, do you guys like when we have guests? Do you prefer no guests? Right now, we... What kind of guests do you like? We kind of mix it up right now. We sometimes do episodes like this one where it's just Angela and I, and we kind of catch up with us, and we like get into the nitty-gritty of what we think about things. But then there's other episodes where we have comedians. Sometimes we have relationship experts. Sometimes we have like reality stars. It, we really mix it up. We, would, we care about what you think. We can try to guess what you think by mm-hmm. looking at like which podcasts have the most listens, but we want to know what you think. Also, what is super helpful for our podcast is if you share it. And I know it's annoying, or maybe you like to like share stuff, which is great because we don't want to annoy you. But if you could like tweet at us, we'll retweet it. We love to hear what you guys think of certain episodes or just any yeah. anything, anything you liked on the podcast, shout out and say hi to us. If you could share it on Facebook, share it with your friends. It helps so much. Yeah. The truth is we get so many emails from people every week telling us that they enjoy the show and asking us questions to read on the air. But if all those people that email us could also then like share the podcast, that would help so much. We would much. be great. We would be so great. We also have like a newsletter. We we send out, we used to send out the newsletter monthly, but now we do it maybe like every couple months. So it's not one of those annoying newsletters that you're going to get every week let alone every day, you might get one once a month and it'll just tell you about exciting things we have coming up. You can sign up for that on our website. This is why you're single show.com. But what's mostly helpful is if you spread the word about our podcast. And that brings us to an email we got from Rick yes. that is so cool. And like emails like this are why we do the podcast. Angela, why don't you read what we got, the email we got from Rick this week? Okay. So Rick had actually reached out to us um, a while ago, maybe like a year ago, um, telling us how much he enjoyed the podcast and, and we sent him a book and whatever. So this was him following up. That's how cool we are. That's how much we love our <laughs> listeners. If he's now, Let's not toot our own horn too Yeah, much. we're not going to send you a free book. We were just like in a really good mood that day. <laughs> well, no, Rick had like a whole story, which we'll kind of get into oh, oh, here. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so he said, last year after my dad died, you guys were a bright spot in my life. You even sent me a signed book. Well, last Monday I got engaged and I really owe you two a lot. You kept me sane and gave me some confidence back. Love is out there and when you find it, it's truly amazing. Thank you. Oh, that's right. This made us so happy because Rick had like a shitty ex-girlfriend that he told us about. So. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He had, he was going through it rough. He had like a really shitty girlfriend. His dad had just died and we were like, oh my. And he loved our podcast and was saying how it was like a nice distraction while he was going through all this shitty stuff. And we were like, oh my God. This just, like, we're so sorry you're going through everything. We want to send you a book. That's what it was. So now Rick has a really cool lady who Laura is obsessed with her eyebrows and her eyeliner. I mean, she's beautiful. But her eyeliner, she does, like, cat eye, like, <laughs> better than I've seen some, like, professional makeup artists do it. So, Rick, if she could send a, a video tutorial for us, we would appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So that was a really cool thing that happened. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rick, for sending us an update. We're really, really excited for you. And send us wedding pictures, too. And we'll talk about that on our podcast when you guys get married. And then we heard from another listener, Elise. Uh, Yes. So while Angela is, like, recovering from her colonoscopy, I decided to be... I'm surprised you said I was such a good friend because I also screenshotted this. After Angela talked about, like, puking up chicken tacos and getting... All right. All right. You know what, you guys? I'm not... 
An animal. (laughs) Okay, sorry. After she got really drunk at the podcast party, she was like, should I have talked about that on the show? I don't know. I don't know if I should have talked about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You're you're fine. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then we get this email from Elise. Elise writes in, I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now, and I absolutely love it. I just had to email you about the podcast on 822. Because the story about Angela vomiting at the <laughs> podcast party was so funny. I was listening to it while I was on the treadmill. And when you started talking about the chicken, te- oh my God. The chicken taquitos. Elise, it's a sore subject. I had to jump to the sides because I was laughing so hard. It's great that we pretend to be to adult. But every now and then, a college-style situation sneaks up. Love your show and have a great week. So I screenshot that to Angela. Be like, people love the chicken taquito story. Get... Uh. Well, Elise hit the nail <laughs> right on the head. Sometimes it is hard to be an adult. Yeah. And then sometimes you act like a senior citizen and get weird procedures done. Yeah. And we'll talk about it all. It's all a fine line when you're in your late 20s. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so anyways, thank you, Elise and Rick, for emailing. Uh, those were two great emails we loved this week. But we also got some emails from listeners who want our help. What yes. do we have in the mailbox, Angela? Okay. So first up, we have a question from a Wisconsin girl. That's her alias. Um, She says, I'm a 22-year-old girl who's in her first serious relationship. I've been friends with my boyfriend for two years, and we've been dating for nearly six months. Recently, we got drunk with a mutual friend. This friend brought up that he had never truly been in love. My boyfriend replied he'd been in love once before. I knew this about him and his ex. He then turned to me and said, I don't know what I would do if you said that to me right now. I'd go jump off that dock and drown myself. What? I was shocked and just laughed. He is the kindest, most generous person I know. And this hurts so much because he's never said something as hurtful or harsh as this. He's consistently taken care of me and shown his affection for me. This incident was so confusing. Now I'm scared to tell him I'm falling in love with him. And this is something I really wish to share with him. What do I do? Okay, so wait, I'm a little confused. When he said, if you said that to me, I'd jump off a dock and drown myself, which is... <laughs> dramatic. Dramatic, to say the least. Was he saying that he didn't want her to admit she'd been in love with anyone else because no. he loves her? No. no. He was saying, if you said you loved me, I'm pretty sure. Unless... I, I think... I don't think that's what he meant. Because well, he said... Okay, he said... He said, I had, I've been in love once before with his ex. And then he said to her, if you told me that you'd been in love, in love once before with an ex, I'd draw myself. So do you think he like somehow meant that as like a loving statement? Like, I love you so much, even though we haven't said I love it. I, the thought of you being in love with another man before me is so upsetting to me, or am I totally misreading That's this? That's a very optimistic take, but I have to assume that our, our friend Wisconsin girl was able to, she might have left out some context, but she she wouldn't have written in if, if it wasn't clear that that's what he was saying. I don't, I don't know, because like, I mean, if he literally said like, I would kill myself if you told me you were in love with me, you'd break up with the guy, right? Well, he could have meant, so they've only been together, not that I'm going to defend him because I think that is a very harsh, immature thing to say, um, but they've only been dating, she said they've been friends for two years, they've been dating for six months. So like six months in would be pretty early to say I love you to one another. So I get him being like, it's too soon, whatever, but like to de- deliver 
that sentiment in that way is really hurtful and inappropriate. I'm still confused by the meaning. He said, I don't know what I would do if you said that to me right now. I'd go jump off that dock and drown myself. I still think he, he could possibly mean if she had said she'd been in love once before. Well, while I disagree with you, what I do think that if you were correct, there is a possibility that you're correct. So, like, I think they just need to communicate. Like, she needs to tell him that she did not like that he said that, that it hurt her feelings. Yes. She Can we needs discuss- to clarify, like, hey, you know, Laura Lane said you might have meant this thing. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about how she should deal with either scenario, Angela's scenario or my scenario. Let's talk about your scenario first. When he, okay, so if he, he said, if you were in love with me, I would jump off a dock and drown myself. Yeah, that's basically like something that like a dick would say. Like, like you better not say you love, don't use the L word because I'm a douchebag right. is what he's saying. So in that sense, I would sit him down and be like, hey, I know we were like drinking because they were at a bar, right? Yeah. I know we were like drinking and like kind of drunk, but like there's this one thing you said that like really kind of weirded me out and that rubbed me the wrong way. You said you'd like drown yourself if I said I was in love with you. And she says she is falling in love with him. So I would maybe don't tell him that yet because like his answer to this question might change how you feel. But I would say like, I would say like, hey, there's thing you said that rubbed me the wrong way. You said like we were talking about love and you said you'd jump off a dock and drown myself if I told you I was in love with you. And like, I'm not yet, but I might be in the future. And I'm just really confused and hurt by why would you say something like that? We're, we've been we've known each other two and a half years. We've been dating for six months. Like, why would you drown yourself if right. someone that you care about who is your girlfriend said they were in love with you? Yeah. And then just and like, what did you mean by that? And what the fuck did you mean by that? And then like gauge his answer, right? Uh, yeah, totally. I think she, there is, there's no way she cannot acknowledge <laughs> what he said you can't just like go on and pretend it didn't happen you have to have that conversation and let's talk about what what could be his best possible response to this what how can he get out of this because I if can't i even... were her what i would hope to hear from him is like i'm so sorry i said that i've been thinking about it ever since it came out of my mouth it came out wrong like i was trying to make a joke like and maybe it... like i've rushed into saying i love you before and because i really care about you i wanted to wait Or like, you know, if you told me you love me right now, I was like joking that I'd like drown myself because like, I hope to say it to you first. Yeah. (laughs) Like maybe he was like, I don't want you to say I love you to me at this bar in front of our weird friend while we're drunk, you know? Yeah. Like there, I'm not, I hope he doesn't listen to this and get some ideas for how to lie, but these are all good answers. Those are good answers. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to do it in this moment at this like drunk bar was all I meant because I'm falling for you too. We've been together six months. That's like a long time. I'm like getting there. I think like Nick said he loves me at seven months. So like around six months is when you start to like think, are you in love with someone? Are you not? You know? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about option number two. Option number two is he was saying that he doesn't, he would jump off a dock and drown himself if she ever had loved another man before him. (laughs) Well, that's crazy. And that's kind of in line with our topic this week of being a clinger. Yes, because this is how Nick, if you ever listen to the episode where it was just like Nick and I on the podcast, Uh he talked a lot about how he doesn't judge me by things in my past, whether it's like guys I've dated or things I've done, because in his view, it like made me who I am. Everyone has a past. Yeah. And like my past relationships made me ready for this relationship. So I have to say, if he meant this other option, 
Like, I think you need to have a dis- discussion and explain this to him and explain that, like, whatever happened in your past, whether you loved someone or not, made you ready to date him and made you who you are. And he can't judge that. Right. And I would say either way, if he brushes you off and doesn't acknowledge that what he said was hurtful and if he just tries to act like, oh, you're being sensitive, then that's, I would say, a red flag and he's kind of a jerk. Agreed. All right. What? I uh, hope that's helpful. Please let us know what happens. I yes. really want to know for this. I want to know what, which one of us was right. And like, if he is a jerk, then you should say I love you so that he does jump off of a dock and drowns himself. Perfect advice. Call him on his bluff, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> this is why we give advice. <laughs> All right, Angela. What else do we have in the on the in the mailbox? Um. Okay. This one's from an anonymous listener. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. That was really healthy advice. Um, <laughs> more coming up right now for this anonymous listener. She writes, a friend from college, a sorority sister, and someone who I considered a friend in college slash have kept in touch with since graduation, got engaged a little before graduation. We're class of 2016. We are Snapchat friends, and we're both pretty active on there. She Snapchatted wedding plans, save the dates, cake tastings, rings to me, but not also... But not also to her story, meaning so like that it was like specifically for this friend. She might as well have text messaged her these pictures and like wedding updates. Right. Millennials. So she says, but her wedding is in a month and I never got a save the date. Thus, no invitation. Am I wrong to be a little pissed? I've met her fiance before. She and I have kept in contact and I'm great at weddings. I don't doubt that. <laughs> I don't doubt that. She's a sorority girl. Yeah. Sorority hello. girls are great at weddings. She says, I understand wanting to keep a small wedding, but to share such plans and then not share the day seems a little rude to me. Question mark. So I think for me, this, I would number one, find out how small this wedding actually was just to give yourself some perspective because I, I would find out how small this wedding wedding was. There's two I, I have experience with something similar to this in two oh, scenarios in two scenarios. I'll tell you the two scenarios. One scenario, a couple that I was really close with, I introduced her to like pretty much like her best friend in New York. I met her when she moved to New York. We were really, really close. She had a small ish wedding, not that small. I had a lot of mutual friends that went, but I didn't get the invite. Because maybe we had gone like just like the last eight months not hanging out a ton. But we were still friends. Mm -hmm. I was a little hurt I didn't get the invite. And then when it came to our wedding, I was like, do we invite them? Do we not? Because there is a little bit in the wedding world like a tit for tat. Like like if you don't get. Very awkward. I I get stressed about. I'm not even engaged and I think about it and I get stressed. Yeah. It's like if you don't get invited. If you don't get invited to a wedding, you kind of feel like, fuck you. I'm not going to invite you to mine. Mm -hmm. But I like them. I wanted them in our life. And I, I took the. I don't even want to say higher road because I didn't like take a higher road to invite someone to my wedding. But like I did. I invited them to my wedding. I like decided not to hold a grudge. Uh, So for me, it was like a similar thing. It was someone that I thought I was close with and didn't get the invite to their wedding. And I just realized, you know what? Like they really had to like cut numbers, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I wasn't a part of it. And I'm not going to be mad at that. The second scenario that I was in was a friend that I worked with. I didn't invite her to my wedding, but then when she was getting married, because I had gotten married before her, she was like sending me pictures, asking for my advice about 
wedding planners. I put her in touch with a friend that was getting married at the wedding venue. Like I was helping out like a mm-hmm. lot at the beginning stages of the wedding and I didn't get an invite, but I really, why aren't all these fuckers inviting me to their wedding? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm fun at weddings. I am fun <laughs> at weddings. Um, <laughs> but I really wasn't mad about that because I didn't invite her to my wedding and sure. like, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if I got an invite and I wouldn't have been surprised if I didn't. But that's just the most similar that I can think of in terms of this is she was asking me for advice. So for this girl, I would say like maybe you felt closer to her than she did for you, mm-hmm. which hurts. But she probably did have a small wedding, had to cut numbers. You weren't someone she maybe talks to on a day-to-day basis. But you were – but you, I don't – I wouldn't be offended because – you are someone whose opinion she values and she, you know, for whatever reason, maybe thinks you're a good planner or values your opinion. And she was excited to share her plans with you. And that is something that is like, you know, that is a, a friendship, maybe yeah. not like a best friendship, exactly. but it is a friendship. What, do you, what are right. your thoughts? Right. I totally agree. I, I'm sure it was just the fact that it was a small wedding. I also think something I've learned from friends that have gotten married, including yourself, like something that I've heard over and over again is like the people that you invite to your wedding, like depending on when you get married, it could be totally different. You know, like if she had gotten married in 2016, maybe you would have been invited. But now a year or so has passed. Like it just depends on who you see every day. And it depends on who you see every day when you're sending the invites. You know, like six months later, she might be like, oh, I wish I would have invited that person to my wedding. But you just have to make a game time decision. I mean, three months later, I remember like, so like Nick and I, there's this like whole group of people that have now become super, super close friends with us. But we were just starting to like be a part of this friendship group when we were getting married. And I remember we were talking about it. We're like, should we invite them? Should we not? We've only gone on like one double date, but I just like have a feeling that these people are going to like be in our life and be good friends with us. And we were like, no, they're going to think it's super weird if we invite them to our wedding. (laughs) We've like hung out in like two group scenarios and like one double date. It'll be super weird. And, and, uh, and so we like didn't. And then, uh, (laughs) and then there, there were twins, one who we were like, had hung out with a ton and gone on like a road trip with. And the other twin who we'd maybe hung out with twice, but we were like, oh, but I think we're going to be really close friends with the twin. (laughs) And we're like, oh, but it'd be weird to invite them at this point because we haven't hung out that much. So we didn't invite these people. And now those people are like our best friends. And we're like, I'm so sad you weren't at our wedding. But at the time, just like, you know, six months difference was the difference between like, honestly, like really close friendship and like, why did these people invite me to their wedding? Right. So maybe like you guys, like it sounds like you Snapchat each other a lot, but like, maybe you hadn't hung out in a long time around the time she was making her guest list. Like it's that simple. It's totally understandable. I don't think, you know, you have to like end your friendship over it. I don't blame you for being a little weirded out, but yeah, no offense to my guests that were at my wedding, but within, I got married two years ago, my wedding list would be a hundred percent different. Not a hundred percent, but like, I mean, I'd still be invited, right? Uh, you'd still be bridesmaid, obviously. Uh, I I would my wedding list would probably be I would say seventy percent the same, yeah. but but thirty percent's a lot. That is a lot. That's a big and difference. I feel like that's probably average for most people. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, I hope that's helpful. I think so. Her big question was, was it rude? A little, a, <laughs> a little, little rude. A little rude, but not enough for you to like end the friendship. She still cares what you think, and you should still like start hanging out more. You know? Yeah. Just don't invite her to your wedding. <laughs> exactly i promised you healthy advice on this one too 
Uh, if you guys want your listener questions answered or if you have any funny text messages or messages from an app you want to share, we love those. Email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We also have our newsletter subscription little thing there. You just like <laughs> It's at the bottom of our website. You just like put your email in. It's super easy. Um, and you can find all of our social on our website as well. All right. Now you're ready to dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is avoiding clingers. And again, shout out to our listener, London, who emailed us. This is what she wrote. She said, hi, guys. I was wondering if you could do an episode about clingy people because for some reason I keep attracting those types of people and I am definitely not a needy person or anything. I would really love to hear what you guys have to say about it. If you could cover dating and friendship-wise clingy people, that would be great. Thank you. And we talked about it. And we were like, wow, I can't believe we've never done an episode about stage five clingers. This is episode 114. See, there are just so many things to talk about. When there it really comes to is. Dating. So we realized uh, two things when we were discussing clingers. Angela and I realized these things. Number one. What constitutes a stage five clinger is really person to person and relationship to relationship. For example, I have some friends who tell me that when they first start dating a guy, even in the beginning stages, uh, they they love to like G-chat these guys like throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's just like too much because then when you see them later at night, you don't have anything to say, in my opinion. But they love that. But some people might like think that is clingy as shit and too much. Well, I think it's all relative because if you're super excited about somebody, you're like excited to hear from them. You're like, yeah, bring it on more and more and more. But yeah. if you're like on the fence about somebody and they're doing that. I, I don't know. Like, I even oh. disagree. I just think like I'm super excited about Nick, but I didn't necessarily. I mean, I guess maybe like the first like couple weeks when you have like those butterfly feelings, you're like, yeah, you want to hear from that person every single second of the day. But Nick was like crazy excited about me, supposedly. But he would have like thought it was way too needy to be G-chatting throughout the entire day, you know? I remember, so I was once accused of being a stage five clinger, but let me explain. Um, this was around 2010 when Jersey Shore was popular and they kind of co- coined that phrase. I feel like they made it popular. They they said it a lot. Mm, and when, when I first met my ex-boyfriend, he was like, you know, I thought you were a stage five clinger only because I like, I texted him a lot, but like- Too much. I guess. Even but with then, your, even though you're such a witty texter, I know. Well, then he turned out. So then we dated for two years, and he turned out to be the clingiest person in the world, which was part of why I broke up with him. He was the kind of clinger where, like, we would. He didn't like when I hung out with other people oh, that weren't that's him. Bad. And when we did hang out, like when I would include him in things, he would get annoyed if I wasn't paying enough attention to him, like. He, he would ha- constantly have to have his ego stroked. And that's where I think a lot of clinginess comes from is like insecurity. Yes, it definitely does. It's interesting. We get a lot of emails about what to do when you get ghosted, but it's easy to forget that clingers are also a problem. Now, the number two thing Angela and I realized when we were like just talking about clingers is kind of what you touched on, Angela, how into you, into a person you are will determine how you can handle their neediness, neediness to a degree. For example... Like when I am out of town, I I just like really need to talk to Nick like a <laughs> lot more than I think he needs to talk to me. But he deals with it well and like kind of will compromise and will, I mean, I guess, 
I guess the fact that I know he doesn't want to talk to me as much as I'm talking to him maybe means he's not mass, you know, he's not hiding it well enough. But my point is he doesn't get like annoyed and like he never like got annoyed and like tried to break up with me for like. Well, on on your end, I think if you are prone to clingy uh, behaviors, you need to be a little self-aware like you are and reel it in and like don't text every time you get the urge to text. I don't. I try. And I think even just being aware and maybe talking to your partner, like I think maybe it would even help Nick if I said, so hopefully he's listening to this podcast. And I think maybe just saying like, hey, I realize I'm like secure in our marriage or in our relationship. Like I know you're not like doing anything while I'm away. That's not what that's about. But I miss you. For me, I need more texts. I need to like, you know, get a good morning text, get a good night text. And like that just makes me feel better and makes me smile and makes me happy. And it just like it's what right. it's what I need for my emotional. But fulfillment. I will say that's definitely something that you can say when you're married to a person. When you're still in the early stages of dating. Don't say that. Don't say that. But I'm, I can't imagine that ending well. But Clinger. Yeah. No, don't be like, I need a good morning. I need a good night. And I do. It's just for me. It's just for my mental health. And just, I do have do friends who say that to guys. They're like, I need a good, I need a good night text every night. And like, and then that becomes a thing when like the guy forgets one night to send like a good night text. And like, I've had multiple friends. This is not any particular friend that I'm singling out. I've had multiple friends be like, I think he's losing. He's like not into me anymore. He like didn't send the goodnight text. Like if you like someone, you're thinking about them every second. You like wouldn't forget to send the goodnight text. And I don't know. Do you think that's true? What? that If you forget to send a goodnight text when you're like, that's like part of your, that's part of like what, what that's become like routine in your relationship. If you all of a sudden stop the goodnight text, does that mean that you're like kind of over the person? You know what? I think that first in some cases, it means something. In some cases, it doesn't. And there's yeah. no way to know unless you communicate and trust. Yeah, but then, no, don't fucking communicate like, with that. We can't be like, you forgot to send no, like a night text. Don't communicate, Do you still like me? Don't communicate that. But, like, make sure you're just always communicating with the person that you're seeing and, like, being honest and clear about, like. It's easier said than done. I'm just being honest. I feel like we talk about, like, communication a lot. But, like, let's say you're really in this situation and someone stops, like, sending you the good night text. Like, it's really hard. And and maybe they stop saying the goodnight text because they're not that sure how they feel. They're like, I think I still like this person, but, like, I'm kind of having second thoughts. So if all of a sudden you, you're going to sound super, like, needy if you're like, hey, like, you forgot to send a goodnight text. Um, Like, I just want to make sure, like, you know, you still, like, like me or where's your head no, at? do not say that. That is clingy. That is. But what would, how do you, would you possibly communicate without would, being, like, like, a freak? Wait until the next time you guys speak and knowing that you were upset about that last thing, keep an eye on what that interaction is like. And like, you're a smart person, like try and just trust your instincts and like, see like, is this conversation weird? Like see if it's a pattern, wait for it to become a pattern before you pounce. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's hard. These things are so hard. All right. But we do want you to also watch out for clingers. We've been talking a little bit about like, if you, maybe you are the clinger. Right. Um, and, well, can I just say one thing, though? I feel like please. there are two C's in dating that women get accused of a lot, and it's crazy and clinger, and yeah. everyone is afraid of getting those labels, and very much like myself in 2010, I was mislabeled a clinger. Right. Um, like, just having your needs met and being treated good by a guy does not make you a clinger. It makes you a person who has self-respect 
and wants a guy to be treated well. Right. But you also have to like manage your expectations. And, exactly. So it's a fine line. Yeah. Like needing someone to call you every night. Like that might be like your own expectations. But like guys aren't in your head. Most guys don't even know that that's a rule that a lot of girls like. And guys that are listening, it is. When you're like dating a girl pretty regularly, they typically like when you like text them goodnight. But a lot of guys don't even know that. And maybe not all girls even need that. That's just like one of the many rules, you right. know? And that's like a sweet thing. But then there are some like, ne- like the really like the, the clinger things that I think people shouldn't put up with are like controlling behavior. Yeah. Like je- overly jealous behavior. That's just bad. And like you got to break up with someone like that because. Or like stalking. <laughs> yeah. Until they deal with their own insecurity and issues and like become confident and. And it's a lot of times it's because they were hurt in the past. Maybe they were they've been cheated on before or they've had they've dated shady people and now they're putting that on you and like you're never going to really be able to make them feel f- fully secure until they kind of like work through their past relationships like kind of on their own. But here's a few things to watch out for from clingers. Why don't you say the first one? Okay, number 1, don't let them convince you that No, no, the fir- the oh. watching out for clingers. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm s- spoiler. That was something else. All right, watch out for clingers. They invite themselves to things that you didn't invite them to. That's one you came up with, which yeah. is a good one. I don't like that. No. Um, they get mad at you for doing things without them. Like if you just want to like have a girl's night or you just want to have a guy's night, you're allowed to do that. You don't always have to invite someone. Right. And then the other thing is something we mentioned earlier, which is when they spend time with you, they criticize you for not paying enough attention to them. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, if you're being a jerk that's like on your phone, Snapchatting the whole entire dinner, that's annoying. And I don't really blame them for calling you out on your bullshit. But if they're just like, but if you're out at like a bar with like a group of friends in them and you're not only full, you know, engrossed in a conversation with them and you want to talk to your friends as well and they get mad at you for that, then that's a clinger. It's right. a, it's all very fine line. Mm-hmm. Uh, here now, here's some tips to dealing with clingers. Take it away. Okay, as I was going to say before, number one, don't let them convince you that you are at fault for not meeting their needy needs. You don't owe them anything. Yes, and here's another one: when you aren't even official, you need to one possibly block them on social or take a social break until they get over you and stop checking your feed. So this is like if you're, I wrote this because this is if like you've got a clinger, you're not even dating this person and they just like won't leave you alone. For me, and if I think that they're like watching all my Instagram stories and maybe like kind of being a little stalkery and like mm-hmm. maybe even like trying to like show up where I'm going to be or or just like... Do you, have, do you have people like that? Not anymore. Everyone knows I'm like deep in my relationship. <laughs> but I mean like, well, the, but London who wrote to us was also, she also mentioned clingy friends. Oh, yeah. It can happen with friends, too. Yeah, it could happen with... I mean, this kind of stuff can happen with anybody. It could happen with, like, a friend that, like, keeps trying to hang out with you and you're just, like, not feeling that friendship chemistry. Uh, or it could be a guy that's trying to ask you out and you're just not feeling that that relationship mm-hmm. chemistry or a girl, whoever. And I I mean, if it gets really bad and, like, freaky stalker, you might want to block them. But I would also just, like, take, like, a week break on social media just... Sometimes I get anxiety when I get like social media anxiety. I'm like, I just need to like take a break (laughs) and like be a little mysterious. And honestly, maybe the clinger will like, if you're not, they'll forget about you and maybe start clinging on someone else. Yeah, it's true. They they live off of content. So don't provide them with the content. Yeah. Um, Okay. So next 
way to uh, deal with a clinger. If you don't want to ghost, get, if you're trying to be like a nice person, you don't want right. to ghost. So just get busy, go to work, hang out with your friends, your sorority, whatever, family shit. Make up an excuse. Yeah, just make up an excuse. You don't need, you know, sometimes you get anxiety. I think when you've got a clinger, you're like, oh my God, what am I going to tell them? I don't want to hang out with them. But like, what's my excuse? There's so many, just any, literally an excuse. Right. Although I do think the best thing is to kind of be firm. Like if you don't want to see that person anymore, just be like, it's not working. Like clingers do not take subtlety well. So just be blunt. Exactly. All right. That brings us to our reason of the week breakdown. There is probably no better pop culture example of a clinger than Isla Fisher's character from Wedding Crashers, Gloria Clearly. She goes full-blown stage five for Vince Vaughn's character in that movie. Any of her lines are warning signs if you ever hear them come out of the mouth of anybody you're dating. And we are going to test Angela's knowledge in a game that I call Blank Blank Check check Yourself. yourself. Now, I'm going to read part of a quote and Angela has to fill in the blank. If she gets it right, she gets a point. Are you ready to play, Angela? I'm so ready. Okay. First quote. Jeremy, I'm so ready to take it to the next blank level. That was a really good impression, by the way. Thanks. All right. Good job. You got the first one. <laughs> Great. That, that was pretty easy. Okay. You seemed uh, not so confident, though. But you thought it was too easy? Yeah. I no. thought you were going to throw me a curveball. No, I kind of wanted to warm you up. Okay. All right. Number two. I've been thinking about what you said, and I think the problem is that I'm not being blank enough for you. Oh, oh my God. Like, adventurous? Wait, really? Two for two. Yes. Okay. Um, here's the next one. Number three. Jeremy, we are going to be so happy together. Blank, blank, blank. Oh, my God. Uh, three words. Know. Three blank, words. I love you. The yeah. only three words that matter. The only three words. I love. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is probably her most famous quote, so I, you better get it right. Don't ever blank me because I'd find you. <laughs> Leave me. Yes. She is Don't the ever, patron saint of clingers. That's like, this is the ultimate clinger quote. Don't ever leave me because I'll find you. Oh my God. She's so good when she <laughs> says that. It is adorable All right. she says it. So uh, I've got two more for you. This is number five. This is when like he's kind of like realizing that she's a clinger and she's trying to like keep him. Okay. Jeremy, I'm not wearing any blank underwear. (gasps) Panties. Panties. Yeah. (laughs) Underwear is not a sexy word. (laughs) Angela. No. (laughs) Not wearing underwear. Uh, (laughs) Not wearing any panties. All right, uh, and here is the last one for you. This is also, I think this is the quote from when he's sleeping and he like thinks he's escaped the clinger and she comes into his bedroom and ties him up. Okay. Baby, I'm going to make all your blank come true. Dreams? No way. Nightmares? Fantasies. Fantasies. Yet. <laughs> well, uh, all right. you got four out of six. Not bad. I guess I have to watch more TBS on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> exactly. 
a lot of wedding crashers. <laughs> so good. Such a good movie. Everyone's great in it. Uh, well, guys, we hope we have cleared up this week's reason. That is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. If you liked our podcast, please, it helps us so much if you take a moment to share with friends on social. Tweet at us. Share a podcast on Facebook. And check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook is on Audible. Yep, and you can get hooked up with some discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of our sponsors and the codes. Check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We're also on social, like Laura said. On Instagram and Twitter, we're at Your Single Show. You can like and subscribe on iTunes. That helps us a lot. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba 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 ba. That was a headgum podcast.